When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Amazed at the following of Connor Bedard. Clearly all across Canada, they're tuned into this kid. I called him for a while, Justin Bieber on skates. I think now he's Elvis. He is a 17-year-old Elvis. And uh, he, the people got what they paid for. Pats were down 2-0 after one, came back, and Bedard scored the game-tying goal and the game-winning goal. Pats win 4-2, and it all turned out nice again. That's what he does. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody, it's me, the champ. Welcome to the RP Show. It is uh, hour two, coming in hot with your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network across all 10 Canadian provinces and 31 U.S. states. You're also listening on radio, 99.1 FM, WQEE. Big Falcons fans here. And I tell you what, it's a great day, great day, week Two when the NFL kicks off tonight. We got Arlen Bruce the third just wrote in the CFL great. He says Chiefs by eight tonight at Arrowhead Stadium. Okay, we're gonna get into that. Um we is it Justin Dunk joining us right off the top, guys? We'll get to Dunker Yeah, in a in, in a second. I just want to tell you what my day is. I'm I'm very excited about this. Right after the show, jumping in the car, heading down to Coral Springs, Florida, to the Panthers Ice Den. It is the practice facility of the NHL's Florida Panthers, and that Latin America hockey tournament is on the go. It's day two. My buddies are there from the Hockey Hall of Fame, Craig Campbell and Phil Pritchard. They brought the trophies down. 21 countries from all around the Caribbean, uh, and some in Europe. Venezuela, Trinidad, Tobago, I think somebody said. Mexico's got a team in it. Can you believe it? They're playing hockey down here. Just fun new experiences, and uh, we'll tell you all about it tomorrow. And we will, okay, now here come the CFL questions. Let's, let's bring him in. Um, the foremost insider of the Canadian Football League, Justin Dunk, who's in town to call Canada West football this weekend, obviously cover the Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks Friday night. That Dunkster joining us. How you doing, J.D.? <clears throat> Living and loving in Regina, buddy. Miss seeing you out here, though, man, but you do have the sunshine in Florida, so I know why you like it down there. Uh, both great places, both great places, man. Absolutely. And I know that you are not averse to talking some NFL football as well. So I'll get your take on the Thursday nighter if you don't mind, but you know what? I'm going to jump right into it. Dougal Cameron watches our show every day. Huge Stamps fan. Uh, he says, Hey Rod, can you get Justin's take on the Bo Levi situation? I think he finishes the season in Calgary as vets are guaranteed full season checks. Now I want to point something out to you because we never talked about it. I didn't know you reported that he wasn't going to start that game. I didn't know it was you. If I'd known it was you, I wouldn't have questioned it. I was like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And I find out it was you. So I'm sure you were upset by that, but I, I wanted you to know that I didn't, uh, if I'd known it was you, I wouldn't have questioned it. Let's put it that way. What is going on in the Stamps quarterback room as you understand it today? It's very simple. They felt like Jake Mayer for a long time was out playing Bo Levi Mitchell in practice, and it goes all the way back to training camp. There was a large section of the locker room that wanted to see Mayer on the field earlier, so that's the situation right now. Mayer has gotten his chance, and Dave Dickinson is going to ride with him. We saw him go through that underwhelming first half in the Labor Day Classic, and Dickie stuck with him. So right now it's Mayer 1, Bo Levi Mitchell 2, and I think Mitchell is handling the situation very professionally. Right. Well, Mark Stephen, the voice of the Stamps, came on here, and Nick Lewis on Tuesday both said that they don't expect Bo Levi to be moved prior to the trade deadline. What are you hearing out there? 
I do not expect that either. John Hoffnagel and Dave Dickinson, no, you need two quarterbacks to win in this league and that the Stamps are just one hit away from potentially needing Bobby by Mitchell to start games again. So it would be a stunning turn of events to see Hoffnagel deal Mitchell away in a year where Calgary has been oh so close. One possession three times against the two-time defending Grey Cup champion Blue Bombers. It was that close for Calgary beating them. So they know they need two quarterbacks to win. Dickinson has been in two quarterback situations before. So has Huffnagel. He was in one when he was with the Rough Riders, as you well know, and some of your viewers out there, I would imagine, know as well. So if something changes, it would be a complete stunner. I imagine Bo Levi Mitchell being part of the Stampeders for the remainder of the 2022 season. Well, I'll just leave it here. I've said it on the air. I'll say it again. I am impressed, as are you. I think everybody is with the way Bo's handling it. I'm not sure that I could, given his career and what he's meant to that franchise. So bravo, Bo, and especially to stick it out and not plant his flag and say, I want out, I want to trade. Because Could you blame him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. And he's collecting a $400,000 plus paycheck to be the backup. So (laughs) he's still getting paid that money, right? And as one of the viewers correctly alluded to, veterans now are guaranteed that money. And Calgary invested a lot in Bo Levi Mitchell to begin with to start the season. He got a $100,000 signing bonus, which is actually low by his standards. But this is part of the reason why Mitchell is all right to being relegated to sideline duty. And it'll make him healthier going into next year in 2023, wherever that happens to be across the CFL, if he continues to decide playing. We got to remember that he was part of the TSN broadcast for the Grey Cup last year, provided unique insight. I think he would be great in a fresh edition on the panel or potentially in the booth as a color analyst if they decide to go that way with him. But realistically, he's not going to make CFL starting quarterback money doing that for TSN or potentially any other network that gets in the mix down the line. So I think if you're Mitchell, you're looking at that the chance to still compete. We know he's a competitor. He's a gunslinger. And behind the scenes, he is upset that he's not starting just for the simple fact that he's a competitor, Roddy. Of course. Again, kudos to him for the way that he's handled it. Maybe we'll eventually get him on our show. By the way, CFL fans rejoicing with Justin Dunk on the air today. I've got, I do get messages from across the country when we do go heavy on the CFL. The people love it. Next segment, I do want to talk NFL with you and um, Canada West if you're down. But I For want sure. to ask, before we, get, before we get to the Hall of Fame game part two this week, the Rough Riders, man. What's going on? Please tell me they didn't force a columnist to delete a tweet about the shoddy play of their offensive line because they're sick. Like, they've lost six of eight. It just looks like the roof's caving in at Mosaic Stadium. Does, is it the case, or is that just the way it looks from where I'm sitting? It does look bleak in the sense of their record, but the major positive for the Riders right now is the play of late of Cody Fajardo over his last few games, and then he welcomes his new son, Luca, into the world. It was early Wednesday morning. He tweeted that out and said Laura was tough in delivering their baby boy. So I think there's... Multiple positives there for Fajardo and more importantly, him becoming a dad and having a son. But professionally, he has looked much better over his last three games. And that's due in large part, as Craig Dickinson said, the head coach to Jason Moss, developing schemes that he's more comfortable with running. I don't know why this took so long, but if Fajardo can continue to play at that level, Roddy, and I know you're a Fajardo guy yourself, then It seems weird to say, but the Riders can have a shot. They played the Blue Bombers very tough on Labor Day, but it just seems like they continue to come up short. I think we got to completely wash away that game in the Banjo Bowl because things were coming out both ends of a bunch of players and that sickness bug had went around the team. So it's weird to say that there's positives coming out of a 34-point blowout loss, but the fact that they battled through it shows me that Dickinson still has the respect of the room, but he needs to lay down the law and show that if guys are going to continue to take stupid penalties, if you do that, you're going to be cut. 
I don't care who it is, Duke Williams on the sideline or anybody else, he really needs to make that line of demarcation and show the players that he means business. Otherwise, the Riders are going to be out of the playoffs looking in. Yeah, well, the regular season, as you know, is for learning lessons. They've learned a lot. We're going to find out uh, here in the stretch run whether they pay off or not. And it looks like they're crossing over. That's if the standings, if they playoffs started today, they would. And it reminds me, as you now know, we're on the air in Atlanta, right? And we're hearing from Falcons fans. Their coach, Arthur Smith, snapping this week in, in Atlanta, saying, stop bringing up the past. <laughs> well, I get it. No team has ever crossed over and gone to the Grey Cup, and it's never happened. And we'll continue to say that, Justin, until somebody does. Why do you think nobody has? And could Saskatchewan conceivably, do they have a team that could do it this year, do you think? It's always possible. There's always a chance. And I don't necessarily think just because it hasn't happened before, it doesn't mean it can't happen in the future. I'm a big <laughs> sort of neutral thinker and believe that we can do things. Roddy, you're very much the same way. And so, so is your boy, Darren DuPont over there, who I love so much. But I do think that you have to look at the situation and understand that the Riders lost back-to-back games against the Toronto Argonauts. So do they think that they can go out East and beat whoever gets in there in second spot? And it's a bit of a battle between teams that are not very good football teams, to be quite honest, in Montreal, Ottawa, and Hamilton. Seems like the Argos are going to take that division. And we've been down this road before, Roddy. You called that game. Chris Jones was there, and they were a James Wilder wheel route away on third down from going to the Great Cup. But it's so difficult. Even if you stay out east to go on the road and win a couple of football games when everything is on the line, when teams are putting their bodies and everything they have into those postseason games. So based on what I've heard from talking to people around the league, the Riders are content to stay in that crossover playoff spot because they believe it is the easier road to get to that home great cup. And there's no doubting that from a record standpoint, but just the fact that it has never happened before makes it seem daunting. I do agree with those people within the riders organization that believe that it is easier because you would rather face Toronto and whoever takes that second spot in the East instead of, likely BC Calgary or Winnipeg in the West final. And it's probably going to have to be Calgary would be my mind that is going to take that second spot. And I don't think it's necessarily realistic that the Rough Riders can even overtake BC with that lead that they've gotten in the division. So they're content to go with that Eastern crossover and we'll see if it pays off. A Winnipeg Saskatchewan Grey Cup in Regina would be epic but the riders need to clean up these discipline issues if it's going to happen. I like your term, daunting to do it. I would say be careful what you ask for going through the East. Now, because we do have so many viewers on Game Plus Television in Southern Ontario, um, if you don't mind, uh, I see the Ticats ranked ninth in the latest CFL power rankings. There's nine teams in the league, for those that don't know, ninth, <laughs> the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Argos just keep winning. They're, you know, they're up in the upper echelon. What's going on in Hamilton? There's no quarterback there. Dane Evans was a major question mark coming in this season from my perspective, and he turned the football over a bunch of times, lost them some games, and didn't really take over that leadership void left by Jeremiah Masoli, who the Ticats decided to let go in favor of Evans. And the defense has been solid. Special teams have been Okay, but it's not to the level that they used to have with Brandon Banks and even Frankie Williams returning kicks. So they haven't had those complimentary pieces, but the issue has been the offense and especially the quarterback position. It looked like it was going to be solved a little bit with Matthew Schiltz, but then he got hurt and he's been out for a while and he would be the guy starting right now if he was healthy. So that tells you all you need to know about the seasons, the season, excuse me, that Dane Evans has had. I think there's a major difference between Orlando Steinauer, the head coach, and Orlando Steinauer, the president of football operations, because all of these decisions, mainly the one to choose Evans over Masoli, is falling at his feet because he's the ultimate decision maker, whether or not he wants to divulge how those decisions are being made. When you're the top guy, those decisions ultimately rest with you. So I think that's the issue here that Steinauer has proven. He's a great head coach, and he can take 
talented teams that are put together by guys behind the scenes, like let's say a Sean Burke, who is now the GM in Ottawa and get them to a great cup, have a dominant season 15 and three in 2019. And then put together a more middling season, eight and six with some quarterback injuries that they had to deal with in 2021 and still find a way to get to the great cup. But the Ticats have to figure it out from a talent perspective in terms of what they're bringing in to the building under this new regime. We have 90 seconds left. I'm going to have to push the viewer questions to the next segment. If you're still good enough to stay with us, we have to mention though, your ratings report at three downnation.com just under a million viewers in Canada for the week one NFL games. The uh, primetime games were the highest, obviously. Almost triple in some cases the CFL ratings on a very big weekend, uh, Labor Day rematch weekend. What's your take on that data? We should know that some of those NFL games were on either CTV or CTV2, and that's something that CFL fans want to see more. But my take on that data is that the CFL should never even think about playing a Thursday or Sunday game again when the NFL is on and it also shows me that the nfl continues to overtake football viewership in this country right there's only so much time in the week or in a day for football viewing potentially and the nfl more and more is infringing on the cfl's territory and the league needs to find a way to claw back and get into that ratings fight you might not beat the nfl but you can't have games that have less than three hundred thousand viewers that are meaningful like that toronto ottawa game was Let's not forget that 10 to 15 years ago, the CFL beat the NFL handily in Canada. So I'd like to hope, I'd like to think somebody is examining what changed. More with Justin Dunk right after this. We will take uh, viewer questions. We'll get into the NFL week two because that's what I'd like to do. And on the way, Paul Hendrick as well, longtime Hall of Fame Toronto Maple Leafs reporter. You are watching on the Game Plus Television Network. You're listening at rodpeterson.com and 99.1 FM WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is episode number 842 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And we have some breaking news from our friends at the Winnipeg Jets via email, a news release. The Winnipeg Jets will honor late team legend and Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame member Dale Howardchuk with a statue unveiling at True North Square's Plaza at the corner of Honorary Dale Howardchuk Way and Hargrave Street prior to their October 1st preseason game against the Edmonton Oilers. Fans are encouraged to arrive as early as 4.30 p.m. Central, with the ceremony beginning at 5.15 p.m. Central. Again, the statue unveiling on October the 1st. Way to go, Winnipeg. The former Atlanta Thrashers, as we bring in Justin Duck. Who would have known, J.D., that there's always an Atlanta connection to, like, everything? So cool to be on the radio (laughs) on WQEE. And on that CFL thing with the ratings, my guy Kevin in Airdrie says, The biggest change in the CFL is no change. The CFL hasn't changed their marketing in a decade and lost a 20 to 40-year-old crowd to the NFL marketing machine. Voila, he just kind of announced it there. Um, They're asking about Canada West games, and actually maybe now would be a good time to talk about it before we do go to the NFL. Week three has Alberta at Calgary, 
UBC at Manitoba, and you'll call Sask at Regina in a huge game on Saturday at Mosaic Stadium. Um, pretty interesting start to the Canadian University football season. I think you'd agree. It certainly has been, especially in Saskatchewan with the Huskies, number two ranked in the country behind Western University, who they played in the Vanier Cup and lost to last year. Lots of reminders around the Huskies facility about that loss. They want to get back there and avenge it. The Vanier Cup is scheduled to be in London this year at the home of the Mustangs, so they would like nothing more than to hoist the trophy there. And Then you have the University of Regina Rams, who came into the season a little bit under the radar. They're 2-0 now, and you got a battle of undefeateds. Top 10 matchup at Mosaic Stadium Saturday night there in DuPont. We on play-by-play. I'll have color with my good buddy on the call. And it is a great matchup as part of football weekend in Saskatchewan. Rams, Huskies, don't you dare miss it. To the National Football League in point. Well, in the quick six, it was my second point. I said, what were the week one NFL anomalies, the mirages? You saw it, but it's not real. Or the trends, i.e. the Cowboys stinking with Dak or without Dak. Didn't matter. They stunk either way. But now I can cheer for the Dolphins. Um, What were yours? The Bills are who we thought they were? Um, What stood out for you, J.D.? That's definitely one of them. And I know a lot of people saw it and they've been talking about it. I don't think we want to overhype. The Bills, but the fact that they went into LA on banner raising night for the Rams and slapped them around was very impressive, especially in that second half. Josh Allen turned the football over a couple times. I think that was overlooked. He needs to be more careful with it. But overall, that dude is an absolute superstar. Him and Stefan Diggs is a special connection. Gabriel Davis is an absolute weapon. Isaiah McKenzie, it seems like whoever lines up there is going to be productive from a fantasy standpoint. Dawson Knox at tight end. And it just seems like a whole lot of fun watching the Bills right now, who you mentioned this earlier in the first segment. I'm based in Southern Ontario, are really Canada's team in that region. The Bills want to make as much inroads as they can in Ontario and probably even around Canada as well, but specifically because so many Bills fans from Canada go over the border to watch games there. So the Bills are definitely gaining traction in Ontario, and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people don't go to Toronto Argonauts games, and they know they can just cross the border and have a much better time and see people jumping through tables and potentially go watch a Super Bowl championship team unfolding at least during the regular season this year. Uh, Jennifer from the Four Seasons, her takeaway was the Packers only scoring seven points. She says, oy vey. I would suggest that's a mirage. I'm not sure that the Vikings are. Uh, last week, we, I pointed out USA Today, there's seven experts, all had Packers, 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 Packers to win the NFC North, and then they lay an egg like that. Um, uh, for the viewers, we, we did talk CFL last segment. We're moving on to NFL, and uh, we did talk Canada West here this segment. So, Although I did say that I would take viewer questions, so I'll try to get to those. But we spent a whole segment, last segment, on the Canadian Football League. And if you looked at the numbers, the NFL is pulling away in Canada ahead of the CFL. We do things by the analytics. Uh, so your take, if you don't mind, on the Thursday night game, Justin, I meant to ask DuPont this because he's a whiz where I can watch the game on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure I even get it. Um, but it is the Chargers at the Chiefs tonight. The Chiefs are favored by Ford Arrowhead. What's your take on this matchup tonight from the AFC West? The player to watch for me is Canadian receiver Josh Palmer. Keenan Allen is out of the lineup with a hamstring injury. And in the only game that Allen missed last year, Palmer played 62 of 66 snaps and was targeted a team high seven times. So 22% target share for the Fantasy people out there in five catches for 66 yards and a touchdown in that game last year. And I believe has developed a trusting rapport with superstar quarterback Justin Herbert. So look for Palmer to explode in a primetime matchup when the Chargers take on the Chiefs. He's a guy that played at the University of Tennessee, was born and raised in Brampton, Ontario, has all kinds of talent, is big and physical, but also is quick and has speed to take it to the house as well. This dude is dynamic. And oh, by the way, he's Canadian as well. 
You know, it's funny you say that, and I will get to the viewer uh, NFL questions here, but you will find this interesting. I told you you have to get down here and cover some NFL with me because you would have so much fun. And I've been with some of the Miami media, some of the Dolphins media, and they've told me nobody cares about Javon Holland. Nobody cares about Sam McGuavin, who's not a Canadian, but Holland is. I'm like, he's your starting safety, bro, and he's making an impact. Like, it's fun to kind of watch the NFL for those Canadian ties, or at least it is for me. I'm sure it is for you. It definitely is, Roddy, and you mentioned it, that you're following the analytics over there, and we do that very much so at 3downnation.com. And really, anything we write on Sam McGuavin, especially because he was with the Rough Riders, does well. People do follow the CFL and the Canadian connections in the NFL. The same thing, not to quite the same degree, I should say, with Holland, but people are intrigued because he played the University of Oregon, was born in Canada. That's how he has his citizenship up here. So played his NCAA football close to the border as well. And people are curious. Whenever you attach the red and white to anything sports-related in Canada, Roddy, you know that it's going to do well. I mean, hockey is a totally different separate conversation in terms of how excited people get about it. But when we're talking about Canadians in the NFL or CFLers, even though they're American that have gone down and had success in the NFL, like a people do tune in and track their progress. Uh, by the way, <laughs> this is great. Jennifer writes in again from the fourth season. She's like, so Justin dot, 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 you're saying take the chargers tonight. Do you want to lay down the betting advice? Do you want to lay it down? Chiefs by four, you're saying go against it? Just to clarify. Ooh, I didn't necessarily say take the charges there, but honestly, I think this is a team that is underrated, and there's always tons of public money that pushes the line the way of the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. For example, look at what the Chargers did to that Raiders offense in week one. Yes, Devontae Adams had a big day, but by and large part, they slowed down Derek Carr and the rest of that group overall. I'm not saying that they can necessarily do that to Mahomes, but I believe the betting value is on the Los Angeles Chargers in this game because of the usual public money that comes in with Mahomes in a standalone game in prime time. And people are going to be so hyped up after he threw five touchdowns in week one. And I get it. Loved him from a fantasy perspective. Have him on one of my teams. We know he's a Super Bowl champion and an NFL MVP, but Justin Herbert is close to as good. He still needs to do the things that Mahomes has done in terms of winning a Super Bowl and an NFL MVP award. But this Chargers defense is really good. And I would say to Jennifer, yeah, the value is there. Put some money down on the Chargers. Maybe even sprinkle on the money line. Well, okay. Well, uh, hey. Chiefs by four. It's prime time in their house. I'm going with the Chiefs, but I suck at betting. So, uh, Jennifer, <laughs> you you do you. I do. There are viewer questions, but I'm dying to ask you this about Chase Claypool because you followed his career for so long. Rookie season ties the Steelers' record for touchdowns by a rookie in one season. Last year, largely unheard of. What kind of season do you think Chase Claypool is going to have? The Coquitlam BC product with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he had a critical drop in week one there, although the Steelers were still able to get the win in Cincinnati. But I expect more from Claypool. The difficult part is they've had issues there with Big Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career, especially in that second season for Claypool. And he really developed that connection quickly with Ben in his rookie season. They were using him in different ways as well. So I do expect Claypool to be better than he was in his second year, but it seems like Deontay Johnson has emerged as the number one target there in Pittsburgh. Not to say that Claypool is not able of being a legit number one dude, but he's got to make sure that he can catch the football more consistently. And the Steelers like to spread it around, but I still think Claypool can be a beast if he gets fed the ball. Uh, so from viewer Andrew, where we morph CFL and NFL, I like these kinds of situations. Andrew says, bonjour, Rod. I watched your old TV show, In the Huddle, this week. That's the magazine show on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Your old co-host, Marshall Hamilton, says that you are hiding because you lost a bet to him. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Justin Dunk was a guest on the show. So maybe you saw that portion, Justin. I don't know. Our bet, I said that Chris Jones will be a head coach in the NFL either one day or within six years, and this is going back four years ago, 
I don't know, man. How can you predict the future, Chris Jones? He doesn't know where he's going. How the hell would I know where he's going? But I might have lost a bet. Where Do I have to e-transfer the money? Uh, whatever. I'm not hiding from Marshall Hamilton nor anybody else, but sheesh. The best question, Justin, might be, does Chris Jones, the former Cleveland Browns defensive assistant, see the end of his four-year deal in Edmonton? That would be a hell of a bet, wouldn't it? I would be betting against it right now based on the season that the Elks are having, Roddy. I think he needs to worry about getting through this year before we can even talk about the subsequent years first. Well, let's wind up our discussion on that. Edmonton 3-10, and they go into Sask Friday night. It could very easily be the slump buster that Saskatchewan needs and is looking for. I mean, I feel as a Jones guy, what did we expect was going to happen this year? Um, are they worse than you thought that they would be? They are in terms of being competitive. You know that first season in Saskatchewan, there were players coming in and out very quickly. But that Riders team was more competitive than the Elks have been. Now, we should probably note and give Jones a bit of a reprieve that he had an unexpected injury to JT Barrett in the offseason. They really felt like that was going to be their number one quarterback. And then Barrett ends up actually coaching in the NFL. These CFL-NFL connections coming out, buddy. So there was some issues there at the quarterback position. And then they finally trade away Nick Arbuckle, who actually looks pretty good in Ottawa. So you wonder if Arbuckle had been running things and had the backing of the coaching staff with the Elks, maybe they would be more competitive. But the kicker for me is that he hasn't found those dudes that were used to seeing him produce on defense. And he's traded some guys away like Thomas Costigan and the lion who people really felt like were young up and coming defensive players. He's got some veterans in the secondary Duran Carter Ed Ganey who are getting up there in age and aren't those young guys that you could see as foundational pieces in a Jones defense, if he is there for the longer term in Edmonton. So I think those are the major question marks that Victor Kui is going to have to look at. And it should be noted, the president of the Elks was brought in after Jones was hired. So it wasn't necessarily his pick, although it does seem like when at least they talk publicly that they're on the same page for now, but results matter and they need to start winning in Edmonton. And you've seen it, Roddy, because the crowd has been dwindling dwindling there for a while. Uh, great analysis by you. My take is that I don't think they want to fire anybody. They just wiped the scorched earth with everybody last year. I don't think Jones is going anywhere. And you talk about those defensive dudes he finds. The ones he brought into Sask are still in the league. Uh, Toby Antigua, right? Kevin Francis. Guys are around. They're just AC Sam McLovin's in the NFL. Yeah, he can find him, but they don't necessarily stay in that spot. So it's fun to watch. Justin, thanks for all this time. Enjoy this day, man, and have a great call on the weekend. You bet, buddy. Same to you. Keep enjoying Florida. I plan on it. We're going to talk Leafs next. If I don't get stormed away, it's the RP Show on the Game Plus television network. We're also live streaming on YouTube daily. 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com and on the radio live at 99.1 FM WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Sunny in some places of South Florida, where the Latin America Hockey Tournament is in day two. And I'll be hitting that right after this show in Coral Springs at the Panthers Ice Den, their practice facility. Paul Hendrick, we understand we have made contact with, but what don't have audio with the Hall of Fame Leafs reporters. So you guys let me know when you do, please. And I will get into a sports update. The Toronto Blue Jays will go head-to-head with the Tampa Bay Rays in their series finale this afternoon. Toronto defeated Tampa Bay 5-1 Wednesday night to take the third of four games in the series. Kevin Gosman takes the mound for the Blue Jays while Shane McClanahan starts for the Rays. Again, it's a matinee at Rogers Center. Hockey Canada said in a statement that a 2019 email detailing its desire to self-govern its safe sport cases does not reflect the organization's current direction. The governing body also stated that it recognizes the work that it still needs to do 
The three-page email signed by Glenn McGurdy, who was then Hockey Canada's Vice President of Insurance and Risk Management, also detailed the organization's National Equity Fund was used for uninsured liabilities, which until recently included settling sexual abuse claims. The PGA's Fortinet Championship gets underway today with six Canadians set to compete. Adam Svensson, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors, Taylor Pendrith, Michael Gligic, and Mackenzie Hughes all teeing off this afternoon in Napa, California. And the opening round of the LPGA's Portland Classic kicks off today with three Canadians taking part. Smith Falls, Ontario's Brooke Henderson headlines the group with Hamilton's Elena Sharp and London, Ontario's Maddie Zurich also competing. This sports update for Dark Horse Bets. It's Woodbine's easy-to-use betting app that brings the excitement of live stream horse races right to you. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com, available for Android and Apple devices. There's going to be more thunder coming here right away, I think. Three, four, there it is. Also for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store, where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL game put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Okay, I felt like doing a news update earlier on the uh, Queen procession. Should I do that? Should I read a news update for what's going on with the Queen? The lineup to see her body lying in state six kilometers long. I can read that. While we await Paul Hendrick, the Hall of Fame Leafs update. Oh, here we go. Why not? Buckingham Palace has released details of plans for Queen Elizabeth's funeral on Monday. It will be the first state funeral held in Britain since the death of former Prime Minister Winston Churchill in 1965. Royalty and heads of state from around the world are expected to be among the 2,000 people attending. A smaller burial service is planned for later Monday at Windsor Castle. And that's about as far as I want to go down that road. But there's your queen update of the day. <laughs> Jeff the Stamps fan says, Rod, is that thunder real or a sound effect? Trust me, brah. I don't want to have a thunder sound effect. That is as real as a heart attack. This rain coming down behind me is real. <laughs> oh, Kevin, my guy. My medium. He's watching an injury. He says, it's real. It's pretty wild that Kevin knows everything that's going on around here from Airdrie. If you want to ask sometime, come down for lunch at the Great Eagle, and um, I'll tell you more about it. <laughs> Jeff Cabellis in Winnipeg. He says, we're going to talk Leafs. <laughs> the storm picks up. Kevin, what's your take as a psychic? and a medium on the fate of the Leafs this season. We all want to know. Tacona Pauly in Winnipeg says, five-second intervals is close. Lightning. I'm aware, brah. That's what I, it was three seconds. What'd I say? The thunder's coming right away. And I got to drive through this, which is okay. Down to Coral Springs, but I will not be taking the Jeep. Let's put it that way. Right after the show. And by the way, Kevin, who's, can I call you my spiritual advisor, of which I have about four, but he's he's key member. He has a seat at the table. You'll find it very interesting that I'm going to the Panthers Ice Den for the Latin America Hockey Tournament and meeting up with my Hockey Hall of Fame friends by name, Craig Campbell and Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup. Uh, <laughs> viewership is going up as Rod sits here amid a storm in South Florida and has no idea what the hell he's going to talk about next. <laughs> One more, Kevin says, you need to follow my advice on betting, Rod. We can be broke together. But neither one of us is broke, as you know. But Kevin said, take the Seahawks against the spread Monday night. It happened. 
I don't know. How do the gods feel about giving us sports betting advice? Because traditionally, I suck. Steven Kleinsaucer is watching in Warman. He says, does Justin Dunk know what burrito place gave the Riders the runs in Winnipeg? Look, uh, from, a, from a Rough Rider perspective, that CFL team better darn well win Friday night against Edmonton because, I don't know, I'm obviously a little biased, and I am cheering for Cody, and I am cheering for Craig Dickinson, but I'm seeing all these conflicting reports. Craig Dickinson saying he ate at a Mexican place, and he was as violently ill for a 12-hour period as he's ever been in his life. But then I see the other side going, no, 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 no. This was a flu bug that they carried with them from Regina because guys had it in Regina. So what is it? Food poisoning is the flu, uh, the IV, what? And again, you know, they could go out and kick the dog snot out of the Edmonton Elk Friday night in a must-win game and not look back. I think where the bear goes in the buckwheat, if you will, is the end of September meeting between Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. Because even this Friday night isn't a real accurate depiction of how good the Rough Riders are because they've beaten the brakes off Edmonton twice already this year. What's this going to prove Friday night other than being a major confidence builder for Saskatchewan, which they clearly need? But my point is on the stomach bug thing. I will continue to say as we sit here today, I'm not buying it. And it's... I've been inside the walls of the fortress. <laughs> I know how it works. Let's say we were sick. A lot of people will buy it. A lot of people are. I'm not. So, I think we'll take a timeout. Uh, from BW in Edmonton, he says, is the roof on the Jeep? You're half right. What up, guys? I'm getting a message in my ear. No? Okay, well, tell Paul we're going to have to uh, move on, I guess, and I think we will move Darren in for overtime next, or I can handle it on my own. What the heck? We got this far. Well, viewer takeover, I think, will be spicy. And uh, Kevin, but... Mm, mm, Kevin, our psychic, says the Leafs keep making his Canucks look good. Yeah, I think we have a lot to get to when we come back for overtime, okay? So hang around. Please tell Paul we'll try for another day. It's the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, including New York, Florida, California, and Washington. You can always have download you the podcast. Have to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, we're back. What a day it's been. Like I say, it's sunny somewhere in South Florida, but not here. So, guys, producer Clark's gone, by the way. He's enjoying Blue Jays baseball. So what do we have here? Do we have Darren with us or do we not have Darren with us? What do we have? Okay, no, Darren, just me. Okay, See how it's a box of chocolates today? <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. I don't know what I'm going to get. What I love is that our medium friend Kevin's watching in Airdrie, and he gets all of this. Do you think? I'm not sure how many people could go on national television and just tap dance to the degree that we are today and entertain the pants off you. And by the way, Ken Friedman writes in and says, in a pinch, you can always fall back upon another Queen funeral update. So trust me, I'm going to. I, I got it. Wayne, uh, by the way, in BC, says, So, Rod, are you saying the writers would lie to the public to make them look better? What an eye-opener. LOL. I didn't say that. You're saying that. And I appreciate these people that are staying with us right from the start. Allie in Texarkana, Texas. Regarding betting, she says, Traditionally, I suck. That's the thing with betting. I'll do a, I'll do a little bit. I'll do a little bit for about uh, two bucks, but I don't get into the big betting. I'm too cheap. 
Okay, we can bring the moose in. He's here. Um, Kevin says, uh, my medium. I think one day we should bring Kevin on. He says, it's always better off the cuff. No, I know. But the thing is, Darren, you're understanding. I hope you're observing a little bit of my wretched life. All the things you go through, all the experiences set you up for later in life when you're ready. So here today, it scared the bejeepers off me uh, to sit in that box, as I said, and do radio for the million people in the province, not having any idea what I was doing. But I got through it. And now this this ain't nothing. Um, Jeff, the Stamspan wants to know if we will have a show on Monday in light of the Queen's funeral. I don't know. We got the guy that would know. Darren, are we going to do a show Monday, or are we preempted because of the Queen's funeral? We will have a show Monday. Okay. Unless, unless, unless I hear news. from Game Plus that Game Plus is picking up the funeral and going to be going live for the funeral, we'll be on the air. Okay. <laughs> that feels like a very regal. Today's Queen update. I got it. We may have a moment of silence or something. I don't know. The lineup. I'm going to read this in my news voice. And by the way, there were times I would fill in for the news guys uh, on the Wolf, 104.9 FM. And I would read news. And people said, your voice sounded. I'm thinking of the stories. Uh... (laughs) I just read it in my news voice, okay? You're like. The lineup to see Queen Elizabeth lying in state has stretched to roughly six kilometers long. Thousands of people make up the queue that stretches along the south bank of the River Thames. Many say they don't mind the hours of waiting. Meanwhile, the new monarch is said to be spending the day in private reflection at his High Grove residence in western England. King Charles is speaking to a host of world leaders, many of whom will come to London on Monday for the Queen's funeral. So let's examine that for a second. Number one, how long would you wait to stand in line to see the queen lying in state? And I try to say this with as much respect as I can. I don't need to be struck down, but I'm not as big of a fan of the monarchy as many. And boy, did we find out in the, over the last week how many are, right? Like they yeah. got, that rules their life. I got other things ruling oh, yeah. my life. It ain't the queen per se. So how long would I wait? Let me think about it. How long would you wait in line you know, to see the queen? Yeah, I'm not a big fan either, but I'm not not a fan. So, I mean, I'm respectful of it. I think it's yeah. a big deal. I'd probably wait at I'd probably wait an hour. That's easy. Maybe two. I think that seems like, you know, something that, you know, but but I'm not waiting all day. <laughs> I'm not waiting all day either. To the viewers and viewer takeover, how long would you wait to see the queen lying in state? Um, I'm sorry. I'm obviously I had squirrel moments all day here. How long would I? I waited over an hour for Paul McCartney. He was late. Does that count? Um, he's met the Queen, and I'm not saying I didn't wait to meet Paul McCartney. I his concert was over an hour late, starting at Taylor Field one night, and I'm like, hello. Paul McCartney's old. What's he waiting for? Why is this not starting on time? And then I found out there was 55,000 people trying to get into the stadium and where we weren't used to a crowd that size at Taylor Field. So Paul McCartney, because clearly I think he's a good guy. He was like, I'll wait an hour until we get everybody into the stadium before we start that thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Curtis Fallman, one of our viewers, says one minute. He would wait one minute to see the Queen. Uh, Randy from Winnipeg says, zero seconds. I know in Montreal, and this is a little before your time, but you were living, Darren, when it happened. There were two Habs that I know, legendary Montreal Canadians, Maurice Rocket Richard being one, and I think Howie Morenz the other, that they had this, this sort of what they're doing for the Queen. They had this for two Montreal Canadiens who had fallen. Yeah. Think about that. In the forum. There aren't a lot of other teams that would do that, man. I waited a few hours to meet George Strait, and it was worth every second because I got to meet him. Paul Jefferson, one of our viewers, says, a New York minute he would wait. Listen, we want to have nothing but the utmost respect for the Queen here. So 
while a lot of you wouldn't wait long, last minute of play in the RP show, just a lot of people are saying they wouldn't wait, but that's a thing of choice. Yeah. Um, I guess that's about it. I appreciate you jumping in. It's too bad we didn't have Paul Henrik on the Henny Tweets thing, but my day has uh, come to an end broadcast-wise, and I can't wait to jump on the car and head down to that Latin America hockey tournament, man. Yeah. I'll say hi to your buds, uh, because Craig and uh, Phil Pritchard, whom you met, is going to be there. Oh, man, Moose, it's going yeah. to be big fun. What do you got going on? Awesome. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be deep in a football prep and uh, for the weekend, some social media, got a couple of meetings, but it'll be a good afternoon. Thank you, everybody, for playing along here on this episode of the RP Show. It's a big football Friday coming up on Friday. We'll see you at noon Eastern on Game Plus TV. And, of course, uh, here on the radio, 7 to 9 Eastern on 99.1 WQE. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Have you subscribed to The Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.